the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they raping everybody out here. Should, now, a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels kind of like we're up the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry. I'm the boss. That's how about right. that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. You just gotta keep on paddling. You know, I got talking blood, man. Streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. <laughs> Welcome to Up the Creek. So anyway, what have you been up to? Getting fat. Uh, so I was working out <laughs> really good. And then when we went mm-hmm. to uh, Yellowstone, I was down to about 230. I've been usually closer to 250. And then uh, I got COVID. And then it was kind of harder to get back into the swing of doing it every day. And then the kids mm-hmm. sports started back up. And that's, you know, two, three days, two, three nights a week. And then holidays. And then uh, in my new job i'm preparing for a a a, a cert test so uh-huh. i don't know I've, I, it, work has been a little bit more stressful time like when i get out of work has been more hectic and busy and then it's the holidays and everybody's eating and drinking and it's not as nice outside anymore so i'm totally no, I, I, i'm totally in like well come january so we'll see we'll see yeah, what happens be one of those people mm-hmm. you know a, a new year new me right <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. No, I've actually been going uh, like really strong. I don't know what happened. Me and a buddy, we started working out together, and that makes a big difference, you know. Yeah. Like it. Where do you guys go? Uh, Planet Fitness, which is, you know, it's. I I used to work out when I used to work out like crazy. This is you know, years ago before I met my wife. I worked out at Genesis and there's those gyms are really, really nice. Now you're paying a lot of money, you know, to go there. And then I've worked out the YMCA and it's, it's decent. Planet fitness is nice. I do the, I don't know. I think it's like 20 bucks a month or something. Cause it's like their black card. And so you get basically if anybody wants to work out, I can just uh, like give them a temporary, I don't know. Like it sends you like a little text and you'll have like an ID for the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So can you flex your boobs independently? I know I've never been able to do that. I never have been <laughs> like, I've I, even when I was in like my prime and I worked out like crazy. I'm in there my was a prime. <laughs> there was a point when I used to work out every single day and I would spend uh, like two or three hours at the gym. I mean, cause I lived at the, there's some apartments that were kind of across the street from it. Yeah, and I live. So I just go work. I I leave work. I'd go there and I spend like three hours at the gym, and then I you know two hours maybe. Then I, I just go whoop home, and home is right there. So that's what I did. It was my hobby. It was everything. And then I met my wife, and you know, it was just. I remember like, she was like, "You spend too much time at the gym, you know?" Because I did. I I would go like six days a week. Yeah, and you know. It's whatever. I just, I don't care about getting big. I just want to lose weight. At the moment, I need you know. to get into doing it in the mornings, but waking up is hard and we're kind of night owls. So we're usually up way later than we should be. And then, uh, yeah. 
I don't know. I need to just be more disciplined about doing it when I get yeah, you home. Do, you do stay up late. I don't know how you do that. Not well. It's not me by choice. It's the others in my household. That are, you can go to bed if you want. We'll just be super fucking loud for the next two hours. <laughs> so it's one of those. You know, it's like I'm trying to go to bed. We're not I've, stopping you. We're not stopping. It's like you know the TV's on and mm-hmm. microwaves firing up and. I've trained myself just to kind of let that because, well, I just think like my grandfather Uh and my grandma had separate rooms, right? They were of that generation. And I'm Mm. like, kind of as I get older, I'm like, am I something to do that? Might not be a bad idea. (laughs) Uh, I've always thought that was weird, but I get it. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) No, I I usually go to sleep and there's like lights on. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I just, I guess I've got used to it. Yeah. Because, and, and my wife makes fun of me because there's a lot of nights where it's like eight o'clock. I'm laying in bed watching TV and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm going to bed. Anywho, um, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. There, uh, I think I posted a link in our little group chat, but this is from 1974. And I figure we could just watch this video and we could talk about it. Yeah. Um, whoop, whoop, whoop. Sorry. I got to need you to let me share my screen. Something I have to do. Yeah. Multiple participants can share simultaneously. Advanced sharing. Who can share? All participants who can start sharing. All participants now try. Uh, okay, shit. How do I get back? I feel like an old motherfucker. I know, right? With this shit. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and I'm okay. Here we go. Desktop. One. Well, I'll just there. Share. Can you see my screen now? Yeah. Okay. So this was a actually it's sixty minutes, which is. So 60 Minutes, it says the title is 60 Minutes Investigates the Swine Flu Vaccine Fallout of 1976. And one, it's like when journalists used to be real journalists, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's about 15 minutes long, but it'd be a good one to talk about. And we can just tell me to pause it if you want me to. Yeah. You hear that? Do not. Share computer sound. There we go. Can you hear it? Damages from yep. Uncle Sam there we go. Okay. I'm going to start it over and then... The flu season is upon us. Which type will we worry about this year? And what kind of shots will we be told to take? Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to $3.5 billion because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed. This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919 that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States, as well as 20 million deaths around the world. 
see how easy it is to... Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to... One thing I wanted to say real quick, watch this. Like, they don't give vaccines like this anymore, thank God. Protect itself against the swine like, flu menace. It's just a gun. Serious business. Like, right. During major no, flu epidemic. No, no change in needles, no, like, sanitizing stuff. It's a gun. And then, like, just people are walking up. And they're just arm up, arm up, arm up. <laughs> Wasn't the AIDS pandemic just a few years after this? Well, you know. <laughs> Millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve. Protect yourself. Like the propaganda has always been there. Yeah, I mean, this is like the same thing. Like, vaccines are safe and effective. We hear that all over the place. There's billboards, there's radio, uh, you know, station commercials, whatever. It's yeah. So I can't, I can't verify this, but I'm almost. I think this vaccine killed more people than the actual swine flu did in the late Mm seventies. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They do talk a little bit about this video. Uh, We'll we'll get there of her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs. I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday if this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed. So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. Okay, so you remember me? I told you, guy at work. Yeah. He So he got COVID, and then like a week later, he went and got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's called Guillain-Barre. Uh, we always thought it was called Guillain-Barre. Guillain-Barre. Yeah, it's the same thing. That's exactly what he had. I mean, and he, when I talked to him, he came into work one day. This has been weeks ago, and he came into work one day, just like say hi to everybody. I think he was probably bored, but because uh, mm-hmm. he's still not back, like working. And uh, he he said he like woke up that morning. He said normally he like soon as soon as the alarm goes off, he's like I just jump out of bed. And I, I it's how I do. I just start my day. Like I'm ready to go. He goes. He said he jumped out of bed and he like literally fell to the floor. His legs didn't work or anything, and he couldn't hardly move his arms. These neurological diseases are little understood. They affect people in different ways. As you can see in these home movies taken by a friend, Judy Roberts' paralysis confined her mostly to a wheelchair for over a year. But this disease can even kill. Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending from the families of GBS victims who died, allegedly as a result of the swine flu shot. In other GBS victims, the crippling effects diminish and all but disappear. But for Judy Roberts, progress back to good health has been painful and partial. Now, I noticed that your smile, Judy, is a little bit constricted. Yes, it is. Is it different from what it used to be? Very different. I have uh, a greatly decreased mobility in my lips. And uh, I can't drink through a straw on the right-hand side. I can't blow out birthday candles. Uh, I don't whistle anymore, for which my husband is grateful. It may be a little difficult for you to answer this question, but have you recovered as much as you are going to recover? Yes, this, this is it. So you will now have a legacy of braces on your legs for the rest of your life? Yes, the weakness in my hands will stay and the leg braces will stay. 
So Judy Roberts and her husband have filed a claim against the U.S. government. They're asking $12 million, though they don't expect to get nearly that much. Judy, why did you take the flu shot? I'd never taken any other flu shots, but I felt like this was going to be a major epidemic. And the only way... I wonder how many people had never really taken, like, any real vaccines in their life, like any flu shots or anything like that, since they're probably their, you know, flu, vaccine, uh, boosters and vaccines you get when you're a kid. Right. Until, no, no. And then we got sick from it. To prevent a major epidemic of a, a really deadly variety of flu was for everybody to be immunized. Where did this so-called deadly variety of flu, where did it first hit back in 1976? It began right here at Fort Dix in New Jersey in January of that year when a number of recruits began to complain of respiratory ailments, something like the common cold. An army doctor here sent samples of their throat cultures to the New Jersey Public Health Lab to find out just what kind of bug was going around here. One of those samples was from a private David Lewis who had left his sickbed to go on a forced march. Private Lewis had collapsed on that march, and his sergeant had revived him by mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. But the sergeant showed no signs of illness. A few days later, Private Lewis died. If this disease is so potentially fatal that it's going to kill a young, healthy man, a middle-aged schoolteacher doesn't have a prayer. The New Jersey lab identified most of those soldiers' throat cultures as the normal kind of flu virus going around that year, but they could not make out what kind of virus was in the culture from the dead soldier and from four others who were sick. So they sent those cultures to the Federal Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, for further study. A few days later, they got the verdict, swine flu. But that much-publicized outbreak of swine flu at Fort Dix involved only Private Lewis, who died, and those four other soldiers who recovered completely without the swine flu shot. If I had known at that time that the boy had been in a sickbed, got up, went out on a forced march, and then collapsed and died, I would never have taken a shot. The rationale for our recommendation was not on the basis of the death of uh, a single individual, but it was on the basis that when we do see a change in the characteristics of the influenza virus, it is a massive uh, public health problem in this country. Dr. David Sensor, then head of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, is now in private industry. He devised the swine flu program, and he pushed it. You began to give flu shots to the American people in October of 76. October 1st. By that time, how many cases of swine flu around the world had been reported? There had been uh, several reported, but none confirmed. That's crazy. There had been cases in... Uh, uh, Australia that were reported by the press, uh, by the news media. There were cases in... Uh, None confirmed. Did you ever uncover any other outbreaks of swine flu anywhere in the world? No. Now, nearly everyone was to receive the shot in quick. a public health facility right. where a doctor might not be present. So, to the journalist thing. So, so he says... How many swine flu cases did you confirm? He's like, well, you know, we found, you know, a couple here and there, you know. He's like, okay, but, but none confirmed, right? And, okay, next question. Like, he's he's putting the guy on blast, right? Which yeah. is what a good interviewer should do when they're uh -huh. trying to get an answer. So I'm going to go back to one of the more recent uh, interviews with uh, Mr. Fauci that the lady did. Yeah. And, uh, she, she they always do this. They start good, and they're like, you know, Dr. Fauci, there are those in Congress that think because you said this and that, that you should be, you know, 
put on trial for you know lying to Congress. And then he just goes, <laughs> what happened on January 6th, Mr. Cruz? And then the reporter goes, <laughs> you're so great, Fauci. Next question, right? Like it's not a, well, hold on here. Here's what you actually said to Congress. And you did, in fact, lie to Congress. Are you admitting that, you know what I mean? Like they, 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 like, they always act like they're going to do journalism and then they don't. Right. Every time. Every anyway. single time. Therefore, it was up to the CDC to come up with some kind of official consent form, giving the public all the information it needed about the swine flu shot. This it's form safe stated and that effective. the swine flu vaccine had been tested. So what it we did tested say was that after those tests were completed, Listen the here. scientists developed another vaccine. And that was the one given to most of the 46 million who took the shot. So it's they been made FDA a vaccine. approved. Exactly. They made a vaccine. <laughs> that you and can't then get. That, that that they yeah that they actually tested and stuff then they give them a vaccine that they didn't test then they make a form that oh this is good it's safe and effective you guys are fine yeah it's like what i mean they lied this before they lied you know back what 50 years ago and they're lying still like nothing's changed nothing at all has changed and even like the director of the cdc he's just like fauci jr i mean that vaccine was called x53a was X53A ever field tested? Uh, I I can't say I would have to. Uh, it wasn't. Well, I don't know. Well, I would think that you're in charge of the program. I would have to check uh, the records. I haven't uh, looked at this in some time. This, this is like Fauci and then they did the gain of function thing. Right. In the very beginning, like, is there gain of function? Well, I, I, no, there's no. I, and then like yeah. they, they literally leave the meeting get on the Wikipedia and change the definition of gain of function. Right? Exactly. Well, well, it now yeah. means this. Yeah. No, of course there wasn't gain of function. Like, well, it's like when they change the definition of vaccine, right? Yeah. Now, like, it yeah. kills me that more people don't pick up on that. Like, like, do you not see what's going on here? It's just obfuscate, yeah. obfuscate, lie by omission, lie by omission. Yeah. The information form, the consent form, was also supposed to warn people about any risks of serious complications following the shot. But did it? No, I had never heard of any reactions other than a sore arm, fever, this sort of thing. Judy Roberts' husband, Gene, also took the shot. Yes, I looked at that document. I signed it. Nothing on there said I was going to have a heart attack or I'd get Guillain-Barre, which I never heard of. What if people from the government, from the Center for Disease Control, what if they had indeed known about it? What would be your feeling? They should have told us. Did anyone ever come to you and say, you know something, fellas? There's the possibility of neurological damage if you get into a mass immunization program. No. No one ever did? No. Do you know Michael Hatwick? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Hatwick directed the surveillance team for the swine flu program at the CDC. His job was to find out what possible complications could arise from taking the shot and to report his findings to those in charge. Did you know ahead of time, Dr. Hatwick, that there had been case reports of neurological disorders, neurological illness, apparently associated with the injection of influenza vaccine? Absolutely. You did? Yes. How Let's go ahead and pause it real quick. By review of the literature. So right here, the guy that people should look for if they're not already following him is dr robert malone the guy who kind of pioneered the whole mrna thing because he's out there all the time i'm amazed he hadn't been banned yet saying yeah there's problems 
pretty big problems. We probably shouldn't do this for everybody. That, that just remind. It's it's just funny. It's, it's this guy. It's yeah. the it's the exact same. Yeah, it's it's yeah, but then they just discredit and write the guy off like he's some quack. Right. Well, he's just a conspiracy theorist spreading misinformation and disinformation, and you know you shouldn't listen to him. So you told your superiors, the men in charge of the swine flu immunization program, about the possibility of neurological disorders. Absolutely. What would you say if I told you that your superiors say that you never told them about the possibility of neurological complications? That's nonsense. I can't believe that they would say that they did not know that there were neurological illnesses associated with influenza vaccination. And here in a few years, they'll say the same thing about the Robert Malone guy. Yeah. Oh, yep. well, you know, he'll, he'll be sorry. He'll be saying the same thing. This guy, you know, right. Oh, yeah. We, we had no idea. We had zero clue that was going to happen. There was no the clinical evidence that this yeah. ever happened. And it's like, because yeah. you wrote everything off as a fucking conspiracy. Yeah. Simply is not true. We did know that. I've said that Dr. Hatwick had never told me of uh, his feelings on this subject. Uh, and he's lying. I guess you would have to. Um, make that assumption then why does this report from your own agency dated july 1976 list neurological complications as a possibility i think the pause uh, real quick it's like fauci but here's this paper from your own entity that you headed <laughs> that explicitly says you did gain a function research oh well <laughs> this guy well you'll see he says He's like, well, who's who signed it? And they're like, he's then no one signed it. Well, then I, you know, you're like, he's like, oh, not my problem. <laughs> it's consensus of uh, the scientific community was that the evidence relating neurologic disorders to influenza immunization uh, was such that they did not feel that this association was a real one. You didn't feel it was necessary to tell the people that information. Uh, I think that uh, over the, the years, we have tried to inform the American people as, as fully as possible. As part of informing Americans about the swine flu threat, Dr. Sensor's CDC also helped create the advertising to get the public to take the shot. Let me read to you from one of your own agency's memos planning the campaign to urge Americans to take the shot. The swine flu vaccine has been taken by many important persons, he wrote. Example, President Ford. Henry Kissinger, Elton John, Muhammad Ali, Mary Tyler Moore, Rudolph Nureyev, Walter Cronkite, Ralph Nader, Edward Kennedy, etc., etc. True? Uh, I'm not familiar with that particular piece of paper, uh, but I do know that at least of that group, President Ford did take the vaccination. Did you talk to these people beforehand to find out if they planned to take the shot? I did not know. Did anybody? I do not know. Did you get permission to use their names in your campaign? I do not know. Mary, did you take a swine flu shot? No, I did not. Did you give them permission to use your name saying that you had or were going to? Absolutely not. Never did. Did you ask your own doctor about taking the swine flu shot? Yes, and at the time he thought it might be a good idea. Um, but I resisted it because well, I was leery of she's, having the She's the Nicki Minaj of her day. Yeah, really. <laughs> the one thing I was going to say, um, I feel like probably, and I could be completely wrong but i feel like hollywood back then uh they distrusted government more because yeah. you know back then it was well i guess well, the, lefties the, distrusted yeah the hippie area well that's what good leftism has always been like even to this day mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, Glenn Greenwald gets called a conspiracy theorist, all the, or you know, right wing guy, and he's like, he's a gay Brazilian. He's incredibly right. leftist. Right, right. He's even right. like a vegan. <laughs> and it's it's you know what happened to the left? You know, like a. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know it's like well, to death, but Rage Against the Machine became I Rage on behalf of the to, machine, you know? Yeah, I was just getting ready to use that example. Let's go with that kind of inoculation. So you didn't? No, I didn't. Have you spoken to your doctor since? Yes. And? He's delighted that I didn't take that shot. You're in charge. Somebody's in charge. There are... This is your advertising strategy that I have a copy of here. Who's it signed by? <laughs> this one is unsigned. Not like... But you, you'll acknowledge that it was your baby, so to speak. It uh, could have been from the uh, Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. It could be well, just CDC because I'm the head of the NIH doesn't mean that I personally <laughs> murdered those puppies. Right. <laughs> and, and the greatest thing, like this guy, when he asked who it was signed by, since it wasn't signed, you know, that was such a huge relief for him because it was like his only out, you know? <laughs> like, it's the like the most you. bullshit technicality in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, no one signed it, so I mean, I don't know. we don't know who did it. Anybody could have printed that off the internet. Yeah, just, it's 1976, just like dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like Fauci. I mean, well, I mean, you know, my name's not on it, so weren't you in charge? Well, I mean, you know, anybody can do things. <laughs> just God. I'll be happy to take uh, responsibility for it. Now, 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 hold on, you him right there, like, and I feel they. You know, the guy says, uh, you know, who signed it? Well, no one signed it. He's like, oh, well, but then he's like, I'll be happy to retake responsibility for it. It Makes him like some noble hero, you know? Right. Yeah. But I'll I'll be the one that falls on the sword, you know, guys. Now, since you fell ill with GBS, right? Right. Has the federal government, in your estimation, played fair with you about your claim? No, I don't think so. Uh, It seems to be dragging on and on and on. And really... No end in sight that I can see at this point. With respect to the cases of Guillaume Barre, allegedly... Former Secretary of HEW Joseph Califano, too, was disturbed that there was no end in sight. So a year and a half ago, he promised that Uncle Sam would cut the bureaucratic red tape for victims suffering from GBS and would pay up quickly. We shouldn't hold them to an impossible or too difficult standard of proving that they were hurt. Even if we pay a few people a few thousand dollars that might not have deserved it, I think justice requires that we promptly pay those people who do deserve it. Who's making the decision to be so hard-nosed about settling? Well, I assume the uh, Justice Department is. Griffin Uh, Bell, before he left? Well, the Justice Department agreed to the statement I made. It was cleared word for word with the lawyers in the Justice Department by my HEW lawyers. And that statement said, in effect... That that statement said that we should pay uh, Guillaume Beret claims without regard to whether the federal government was negligent if they, re- if they resulted from the swine flu shot. I think the government knows it's wrong. If it drags out long enough that people will just give up. Yeah, so pause it there. Let That's it it's it's All the right. same as what's going on now with like the heart stuff. It's like, well, if we mm-hmm. just drag this out, people these people mm-hmm. will just be crazy and fringe and everybody will move. We can smear them on the internet all day long. And then mm-hmm. the other one, and this is really a symptom of having not handled this right back then, is you see the resistance in government. And I wonder at some point, you know, number one, it's politics because nobody wants to be the politician that, oh, I, I'm I'm Gerald Ford and I gave out this vaccine that killed a bunch of people or whatever. Right. Uh-huh. Not only do they not want to do that because they're egotistical maniacs, but also if they do that back then, 
and say, this was a problem. We can't do this. That makes it much harder for them to then go in 2020 and say, everybody's got to do this thing. And it's like, oh, gee, where have we done this before? What happened? Because now they would have the precedent where government says, mm-hmm. take this thing and then shit happens. And now suddenly they're expected to be liable. Right. right. So, yeah, it's a history of bullshit. Yeah, they fucked up. They should have done something. I am a little more adamant in my thoughts than my wife is because uh, I asked, told Judy to take the shot. She wasn't going to take it, and uh, she never had had shots. And uh, I'm mad with my government because they knew the facts, but they didn't release those facts because they, if they had released them, the people wouldn't have taken it. And they can come out tomorrow and tell me there's going to be an epidemic, and they can drop off like flies to me. I will not take another shot that my government tells me to take. Meantime, Judy Roberts and some 4,000 others like her are still waiting for their day in court. Probably still waiting. Oh, I'm sure they are. It'll never happen. Um, yeah, you got to wonder. Like, uh, They probably never got paid out. They probably never got a damn dime. Well, what's the incentive for a company like Pfizer who's looking at, you know, 20 bucks a dose or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um to do any kind of research or really give a shit beyond, you know, injecting healthy people. Cause that's really what they do in those studies. And then yeah. to only sell it in countries like Pfizer does that have granted them legal immunity. They know exactly what they're fucking doing. They're like, mm-hmm. we want to not be liable. We want to crank this shit out as fast as possible and get max profit. Yeah, exactly. Cause even down the road, they get sued for a few billion dollars. It's still nothing compared to how much money they made. Right. Even though, well, you can't sue them, but I mean, there'll they'll be something like, you know, they've been to court before for whatever the biggest lawsuits. Fraud on settlement and opiate in the history of forever. Right. Actually, I'll see if I can find that real quick. Yeah. I think I sent it the other day or somebody sent it. It was a, it was a, a, a tweet that someone had like screenshotted and it was talking about just that, about the opioid epidemic. Maybe this is it. Oh, yeah. When OxyContin didn't work as advertised, Purdue Pharma invented the term breakthrough pain to pitch to doctors to keep writing scripts and give patients an even higher dose. Does it sound familiar? Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's oh, a breakthrough case. We better get another dose. Right. Or take it, you know. Well, we don't know, but we just recommend boosters. Right. And then now it's vaccinated as three and boosters four is where we're just about at, maybe a week away, if it's not yeah. already like that. Uh, the ads were right around the, around the corner. It's crazy, too, because this new Omicron, Omicron variant, whatever have you said. Like, I mean, the guy who discovered it, the South African doctor, he said right away, every case has been mild. This isn't a big deal. Right. Um, well, yeah, but yeah, today yeah, yeah. somebody in the UK died with it. So oh, boost, one person boost, died, yeah. boost up. UK is going back yeah. to lockdowns. California went back to a mask mandate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fucking racket. It's yeah. So I actually like an immediate coworker of mine who has mm-hmm. been out. Um, he was vaccinated and he got it. His wife vaccinated with one of the two dose ones. She got it. And then uh, apparently his wife's sister or you know some other close relative is even boosted mm-hmm. and got it. And so for me, you know, I've always heard the anecdotes. This is probably the first person that I know. Number one that I believe because they're a trustworthy person. That's, you know, yeah, a lot of integrity. Um, and yeah, and, and they all got it and he was not, they were never like super vaccine people, you know, they travel a lot. So it was, but anyway, uh, I don't get it. It's just so crazy. Well, and like, so the other day at work, I, 
a guy, a great dude. Like he got vaccinated way back when because uh, he didn't want to give it to his kid. And this was in the beginning. And I understand that. Sure. And then, but he was still like, well, they've, because we were talking about, uh, you know, at our job, they recently suspended the vaccine mandate. And we were talking about that. And he goes, well, he goes, you know, because the guy, he's pro vaccine, but he's anti mandate. And he's like, but he goes, I don't see why companies wouldn't want their workers to get it because it's proven safe and effective. And I looked at him kind of funny. He's like, well, and if you get it, you know, if you get the vaccine and you catch COVID, you're just going to get a mild case of it. And you're not going to get sick. And then I was like, well, hold up. I was like, how do you know that? Yeah. He's like, well, and he's just, you know, you can just tell it's like a puzzle look on his face. It's just because he's been, he's regurgitating what he's been, you know, seen on the internet or seen on whatever and CNN news channel. And I was like, we well, don't know that. I said, you know, if someone got the vaccine and then they got it, they had a mild case. I said, they could have very well have had a mild case without the vaccine. I was like, you don't know. And it's like, you can't go extract the vaccine out of their body and then give them COVID again to find out. And right. he was like, well, but and he just kind of puzzled, looked and he goes, but there are people that have had it twice. And, you know, they, they got it once. They had it bad. And then they got vaccinated and they got it again. They had it mild. I said, well, again, I was like, how do you know the vaccine did that? I said, you don't. I said, there's a the natural immunity could have taken care of that. Now we right. gloss right over the fact that he just said the vaccine was safe and effective. And he's talking, telling stories about people catching COVID again after being vaccinated. But right. I'm just like, so okay. what does effective mean? Yeah, that's right. the exactly. Yeah. You get your 15 shots and you, you'll, you'll have a mild case. <laughs> right now. I just, but you know, in the end, I don't, the guy just kind of puzzled a look on his face, but it didn't, you could tell it didn't change his mind. And there's just so many people out there. I think that they've, I don't know. Well, there's an amount of dissonance, right? Because it is, it's, it's like a tattoo. You, you can't, once you do it, you can't get rid of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is why, and and this is just me being a dork. This isn't, you know, in my observation, most people who have a tattoo have more than one. Right. Right. And I think behavior wise, it's, it's like anything else. Once you do it once, you tend to probably do it again because each time you do it, it kind of justifies doing it originally, right? Because nobody wants to think that they you know, screwed up or that it's frowned upon or that it's you know bad or, or whatever. You, you normalize behavior, right? Sure. And so the vaccine yeah. is, is kind of the exact same thing. Once somebody does it, they're more prone to just do it again because if you start acknowledging it, then eventually you get to a point where it's like, well, maybe I screwed up. Maybe there's something to this freedom thing, you know? So yeah. you can't, I, that's a, I think people don't necessarily even think of that, but I, I think that's a, a lot of what's going on. You know, there's going to be so many people that did it that are just, they're never going to see the other oh, right. side of it. And yeah, there's people who do, but. Right. Well, yeah. Most people, not most people, but lots of people don't want to, don't want to make, don't want don't feel like they made bad decisions either. Right. You know? well, and also, and, and that, it's like a tattoo, right? It's like you said, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't unvaccinate yourself. Right. Right. So. Well, and, and, you know, and some, so many people, they, this kind of goes back to the personal responsibility thing is it's easy just to blame it on somebody else. So if you had to make that decision you know, on your own, well, I got back, you know, like I got vaccinated because um, what the work told me to, you know, because right. the government told me to, then you have a scapegoat. You always have a scapegoat. It's, and there's a lot of people like that out there. And it's, it's just, nobody wants to feel like you made bad decisions in life. And this is how people are. I mean, you don't want to like, go throughout the day and i don't know it's like you want to feel like you succeeded everything it's just how people are right. so when you when you don't you don't want to feel like you know well i made a dumb decision you know when, when in fact we all do make mistakes and we all do make dumb decisions and it and it is what it is it's just a fact of life but 
people don't like that. So, right. So what else you got? No. Um, well, I was going to read this. So this was from uh, Jack Posob. I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, Posobic or whatever. He, he tweeted this. This has even been. This is back in November, but it's a. Uh, it's an article from Forbes, wrote by a blogger from the World Economic Forum, and I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, there's just so many people out there, and. Once again, kind of tee off on the personal responsibility thing, because, you know, there's a big push in this country for a communist or a socialist or whatever Marxist society. And I think it goes back to people don't want to take personal responsibility for their actions in life, because it is very easy to just when, when, you know, daddy government says this is what you're going to do. And this is the job you're assigned. And this is, you know, we, you know, you go to work these hours and. You know, you, you don't own this, but we'll let you have this. You know, it's easy just to be like when something goes awry, it's like, well, I mean, it, it's it's not my fault. And, and a lot of people think they hide behind like the, you know, the the thin veil of bullshit, you know, of Marxism thinking you know, classless societies and shit. When we all know that's false as shit, because right. there's two classes. There's the super rich and the super poor. That's all there is. So there's it's not classless. It never will be. But they say. I think, you know, they they hide behind that. Well, you know, we should have a class society. Everyone should be equal. And this is the best way to do it. And when, in fact, they, in reality, they just don't want to make decisions on their own. So anyways, right. this article was from a blogger from the World Economic Forum. And now this is an opinion piece, but it's it goes to the fact that, like, there's a lot of people out there in this world that right. really want this. So it says... Welcome to the year 2030. Welcome to my city, or should I say our city? I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. It might seem odd to you, but it makes perfect sense for us in this city. Everything you considered a product has now become a service. We have access to transportation, accommodation, food, and all the things we need in our daily lives. One by one, all these things became free, so it ended up not making sense for us to own much. And I'm not done, but that's what, like nothing becomes free. There's always something like, I don't know where like people think that like, well, it's the, the operative <laughs> there thing is like, he uses the word need, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so define need. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess my kid doesn't need a swing set, you know, right. I don't mm-hmm. need the extra room that's in my basement. Right. I don't no. need the truck that I got. I don't need the shed that I have outside, right? I, I don't need to have this, you know, hoodie right here, right? I've got another one over here, you right. know? It, it, so so what, what are we doing here? And that's, I think, what people always miss. Like, I have access to a car. Okay, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when you want to go somewhere, if you're, well, you're only allowed to go. That, that, to me, is the point to this all this COVID lockdown shit that I think most people, I think a lot of people see it. There's a lot of people that are in denial, but that world economic form, everything that guy said, mm. COVID lockdowns, right? Yeah. Essential only, right? Only these people can go outside their home at these certain times. Only these kind of establishments can be open. Only these kind of people can continue to go to work, right? Only right. these kind of goods can be available. Only these kind of things are, you know, for sale or, or whatever. And that happened everywhere all over the world and still is in a lot of places. 
And yeah, I, I think all this COVID shit's going to pivot and it's going to, you know, climate's going to be the new scapegoat, but it's, it's that exact shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't, what's the point of seriously living? Like when you're like your, your point of existing at the, in a society like this is to just work and then do what? I mean, like when you have nothing and everything is just a, basically the bare, bare minimum, bare bones, yeah. you know, you get, well, it's you don't own they, clothes. They, like, they view us like cattle, right? I mean, a cow right, right, and the right. pastures have, yeah. So what does right. it need? First communication became digitized and free to everyone. Then when clean energy became free, things started to move quickly. Transportation dropped dramatically in price and made no sense for us to own our own cars anymore because we could all call a driverless vehicle or a flying car for longer journeys within minutes. We started transporting ourselves in a much more organized and coordinated way when public transport became easier, quicker, and more convenient than the car. Now I can hardly believe that we have accepted congestion and traffic jams, not to mention the air pollution from combustion engines. What were we thinking? Sometimes I use my bike when I go to see some of my friends. That's funny. They say their bike, my bike, but in this kind of society, you don't own right. the bike. Yep. I enjoy the exercise and the ride. It kind of gets the soul to come along on the journey. Funny how some things seem never seem never seem to lose their excitement, walking, biking, cooking, drawing, and growing plants. It makes perfect sense and reminds us of how our culture has emerged out of a close relationship with nature. In our city, we don't pay any rent because someone else is using our free space whenever we do not need it. My living room is used for business meetings when I am not there. What the fuck? Right. Could you imagine? Like you... Well, zero, try, try zero privacy arguing <laughs> arguing that you live in this techtopia uh-huh. but then everybody still has to all right we're gonna go to steve's apartment for the meeting because he's out of town you, you know yeah 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 it's <laughs> none of these other people have rooms <laughs> you don't have an empty office somewhere we can all gather <laughs> once in a while i will choose to cook for myself it is easy the necessary kitchen equipment is delivered at my door within minutes Ew. since transport became free we stopped having all those things stuffed into our home why keep up pasta maker and a crepe cooker jammed into our cupboards we can just order them when we need them so i'm not gonna i like to cook I cook yeah. a lot, and especially on Sundays. It's really what I what Well, we if do. you live downtown in a jam-packed high-rise that's dominated by an Amazon factory on the third floor, then sure, yeah, you get your yeah. used blender that the gay party that did weird shit with, you know, <laughs> had you five imagine? minutes before. I hope right. it's clean, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this also made the breakthrough of the circular economy easier. When products are turned into services, no one has an interest in things with a short lifespan. Everything is designed for durability, repairability, and recyclability. The materials are flowing more quickly in our economy and can be transformed to a new product very easily. Environmental problems seem far away since we don't use clean energy and clean product production methods. The air is clean, the water is clean, and nobody would dare to touch the protected areas of nature because they constitute such value to our well-being. In the cities, we have plenty of green space and plants and trees all over. I still do not understand why in the past we filled our free spots in the city with concrete. I mean, I agree. That's why I don't live in town. Right. (laughs) Nature's nice, but... You can plant trees now. It one thing I take away from this, they said uh environmental problems seems uh the air is clean, the water is clean, and nobody would dare touch the protected areas of nature because they constitute such value to our well-being. This is just like, hey, oh, you want to live outside of the city? No, you're not allowed to. 
because nature pack you in the high rise Mm -hmm. eat your soylent green yep so let me ask you this jeremy Mm -hmm. now they've been washed would you wear my underwear that's tough right that's what that's what this guy's arguing he's like we did community laundry and today i'm wearing bob's underwear so i just want to point out the fact that i grew up in a very very poor poor you know uh like life we didn't have shit and all of our clothes when i was very young were all bought from like goodwill or a thrift store and everybody knows i don't care how poor you are you do not buy used underwear and socks and they sell that shit at goodwill which is disgusting nobody buys that seriously no one's gonna do that but you know in this world you don't maybe just use like hey the vegan the vegan at the hippie commune getting shit stains on his bike butt crack underwear he's wearing (laughs) it he's like oh yeah these are tabs this time Uh, shopping. I can't really remember what that is. For most of us, it is burned into choosing things to use. Sometimes I find this fun, and sometimes I just want the algorithm to do it for me. It knows my taste better than I do by now. When AI robots took over so much of our work, we suddenly had time to eat well, sleep well, and spend time with our people. The concept of rush hour makes no sense anymore. Since the work that we do can be done at any time, I don't really know if I would call it work anymore. It is more like thinking time, creation time, and development time. I think there's there's some truth to that spot. It's not this weirdo's techtopia communist whatever he is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in general, you know, that's that's just kind of the natural human story is that as we've come up with new technology and industrialized certain things, it has allowed for leisure time, right? Sure. And leisure time sure. allows more people to be creative. That's why there's more people play instruments today than did 150 years ago and more people get on the internet. That's why YouTube exists and Instagram and TikTok and whatever else and 3D printers and robots. Like that's the natural, I mean, that's why we innovate things, right? To make it easier sure. and to give us more free time to use our biggest resource, which is our brain, right? Because nothing else in nature has that. To create and, people like this. Yeah, and that, does, that doesn't require, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't require this weird. I just, I do think it's kind of, I do think it's kind of funny though. Like, in fact, Comitopia stifles the brain thing, right? Because right. get back to how he started. It's it's about need, right? Mm-hmm. So there is no innovation if you're only serving needs, because because right. part of new stuff comes from. Hmm, gee, I wonder about this whole brand new thing nobody's ever thought of, like cell phones, for example, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't necessarily need a cell phone. Right. No. But no. once they came up with that, I guarantee you, almost every household in America is paying a hundred to two hundred dollars a month that the average household in 1990 wasn't paying because they have to have cell phones. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's also funny. You can tell this person is definitely city because yeah. the way they talk, like there's no physical jobs out there. And when I say city, I'm thinking like New York City, you know, LA. Right. Because and a lot of these people, they're so delusional on what happens outside of that little circle. Like they think it's just like office jobs make the world go round. Right. It's like, no. And well, or even like gardening, right? Like, I'm just going to leisurely have my nice little garden. It's going to be so fun. It's like, okay, number one, right. sometimes you sweat your balls off. It's right. hard sometimes. It's annoying sometimes. Right. It, it, yeah. yeah. It, but, you know, but, but yeah, in their view, it's like this. The garden you see in a movie where it's like this neatly manicured greenhouse that you spend five minutes in, 
And it's like, uh-huh. it's, it's not really how gardening works, but okay. Uh-huh. Good luck with the future. Right. Okay. Uh, for a while, everything was turned into entertainment and people did not want to bother themselves with difficult issues. It was only at the last minute that we found out how to use all these new technologies for better purposes than just killing time. My biggest concern is that all the people who do not live in our city, those we lost on the way, those who decided that it became too much, all this technology, those who felt obsolete and useless when robots and AI took over big parts of our jobs, those who got upset with the political system and turned against it. They live, they live different kind of lives outside of the city. Some have formed little self-supplying communities. Others just stayed in the empty and abandoned houses in the small 19th century villages. Once again, this is fucking crazy. Once in a while, I get annoyed about the fact that I have no real privacy, nowhere I can go and not be registered. I know that somewhere, everything I do, think and dream of it is recorded. I just hope that nobody will use it against me. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, you give. <laughs> I just can't believe all these people wouldn't want to be a part of this terrible world, but I have no privacy and I live in constant fear that everything I think, say, or do is going to be used against me at any given moment. And it's like, that's like, that's like the Patriot Act. Like, yeah, so many people are against it, and and like you know, remember you always used to hear though, like, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, what does it matter? It's like, right? Well, you, you know, another that- one there, and that is, is he says these people who live outside of our world in their self-sustaining communities, like, why is that a problem? Isn't that kind of the right. goal is to be self-sustaining? Here's people yeah. that are doing it; they didn't have to buy into your shit. So, yeah. Oh, let me finish this because my phone's going to go dead soon. All in all, it is a good life, much better than the path we were on, where it became so clear that we could not continue to with the same model of growth. We had all these terrible things happening, lifestyle diseases, climate change, and the refugee crisis, environmental degradation, completely con- uh, congested cities, water pollution. Like, hold on, you're completely congested cities. Like, that's not a thing in your utopia. Water pollution, air pollution, social unrest, and unemployment. We lost way too many people before we realized that we could do things differently. Oh, they just changed the definition of congested, right? Like, right. even if you're in Denver, right? Oh, well, it's not New York City. And even if you're in New York City, oh, it's not Shanghai. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can always, it can always Mumbai. be worse. Yeah. It can always be worse. That's, yeah. that's you know, yeah, it's a definition change there. It's just, the, the, the creepy thing is, like, someone wrote that and, like, that really wants that life, though. You know? Right. Well, it's and, I want to be a little bit more comfortable slave. I don't uh-huh. have to think about anything, but I hate that I'm fucking poor and have no TV and don't have a girlfriend. Why yeah. can't I have this spaceman fantasy land and still not have to do anything? Right. I just want well, to have a cool jumpsuit and a PlayStation and kick back and oh, then have well, a magic just, space garden that takes care of itself. Just uh, let's just let's, let's uh, just one up that and do like the metaverse thing with uh, the augmented reality. Yeah. You know, or an augmented reality, a virtual reality, the Oculus stuff. I mean, I think once they figure out how to harvest energy that is created by humans, there are people that are going to seriously live in this world where they never take those goggles off. Yeah. I mean, and, think and they about, live in a completely separate, like the Matrix, really. Is it the Matrix yeah, at that point? We're getting um, there. I mean, I think about, yeah. I mean, just social media being addicting today. And then I would, I was thinking more in terms of a, Think of World of Warcraft at the height of World of Warcraft. The people mm-hmm. who just, that's what they did. Yeah, that they was did, their they, life. They did, I, I knew married people. They did their mm-hmm. jobs. They came home. They got on separate computers and they played World of Warcraft until one in the morning, went to bed, went to work, came home, did it again. That's crazy. I know, I know people that did that too. Yep. I mean, and just to think about like when you can just get like a, basically an IV plugged into you. 
Right. You got a, a bag to shit in and a tube to piss in. And you seriously just get hooked up and you just don't have to take those goggles off. Like everything you can do in life. I remember. So at one point, PlayStation, this was years ago. I think it was like PlayStation 3 was still around. Um, they had this like little, it was, it was like in the PlayStation menu. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a game, but basically it was an area where you could PlayStation just interact. Room. Yeah. Was it that maybe? Yep. And it's like you, your yep. little character could just walk around and talk to people. Yep. That just put goggles on and you actually are that person walking around right. talking. I mean, that, that, that's becomes, you know, then, then well, it's so indistinguishable. I, I think it's even going to go another step beyond that. Like it won't even have to be that you sit at home. I think the augmented reality stuff, like what Apple's doing and what Google tried to do, mm-hmm. it, it'll get to the point where you put those on and you can walk around about, about your normal daily life. Mm-hmm. And like, when I look at you, because it's all in the same network, I see you the way you want to be seen. Right. So I'm oh, in the real yeah. world. I'm, I'm doing stuff with my actual computer, but when I look at you, cause I'm wearing my special glasses or contacts or whatever, I see the version of you that you want me to see. Right. And so it'll be yeah. this weird mix of not real and real. And there's going to be mm-hmm. people that aren't able to cope with the real world because everything has this layer of shit. It's on like top a, of it. an Instagram filter on top of it. Right. You know, well, well and it'll get, we'll that? have, uh, I don't know what one you're talking surrogates about. Surrogates or surrogates. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Okay, that is yeah, the one yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, they walk around in, like these Different robots. Bodies. Everybody just yeah. like lays in bed in their house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I getting... think that's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is coming. I mean, I mean and if I like think... TikTok and Instagram culture, there's already like a, you know, identity crisis where, you know, and especially for like, you know, they always say young girls, right? They have the hardest, most mm-hmm. pressure on them to try to fit certain images. That's only going to get way worse. You know, once it becomes like, you know, this digital place where it's, I don't know, freemium, right? Right, right. I'll be the people living in the village that didn't follow along and self-sustaining. Right. (laughs) And I think that's, that's, that's really the, I think the way to go, because honestly, if if people want to live in a weird ass technology utopia that will fail very quickly but right. they want to do that let it you know, that's what i said the other day like in our group i was like well, on a bring back mulberry or something you know like i'm you know from like the andy griffith show which people a lot of people probably know the fucking that is but like it was just like a quaint little town you know where like everybody got along and i get like life's not perfect like mulberry but i mean like the small town like right the 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 these big cities you know anything like it's on these massive scale what's big cities or big corporations or big right. government or, it seems like just anything that gets to a big level is doomed to fail because yeah. at that point it just becomes about power and control every fucking time, whether it's a city or whether it's a government or whether it's a corporation, you know, it's, it's, that's all it is. Right. And then the people that are under emerge all just slaves to that, you know? Yep. And I don't know. You, you, I mean, it's, it's a utopia too, because bringing back, you know, 6,000 million, you know, mulberries across the United States is probably not going to happen, right? <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what's worse. That's something like, you know, I guess that pipe dream or, uh, this i don't know we're all gonna die and live in fucking gooey sacks and live in the matrix <laughs> that's the next step for that guy and that wrote that article like it sounds futuristic now but if, yeah. if that world existed then in his future what they write about is welcome to my city we live in goo sacks i'm not actually awake i live in a dream world where everything is just perfect all the time i never have to fear pain sadness or anything like that this may sound weird to you, but it's perfectly acceptable in the hive mind of goose acts. <laughs> like that's literally all that's left after that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> oh, fuck. Well, I don't know how long we've been recording, but 
All right, man. Yeah, sounds good. I'll yeah. uh, push stop I'll, here and get it uploaded. I'll get her uh, get her edited. Probably mess with it tomorrow. All right. And like I said, I'm gonna. I think I, as I said, I downloaded a copy of the Communist Manifesto. I'm just gonna record some. I think just like critique it, do whatever. I mean it, and we can do it together if you want. I don't yeah, know. yeah, like yeah, yeah, free. I, yeah. Just I think I, I think it'd be kind of fun. Really, it was. I was just looking the other day. There's actually a, I found a website and it was like. I think it's called a thousand manifestos.com and yeah. it's way more than a thousand, but like every manifesto known to man is on there. I was like, nice, that's really good stuff. Like there's just tons of content. Obviously I'm not going to read every manifesto because some of them right. are just stupid, but there was like, I was listening to that one podcast. Um, it's called free man beyond the wall. Mm-hmm. And they, and they, then they did the Ted Kaczynski's manifesto in like a four part series. And it was really good actually. Yeah. Oddly enough, we all have a lot in common with that weirdo, but sure. I mean, there was a ton of other shit too. That he was fucking batshit crazy about, but anyway, All right, man. Yep. See you. All right. Yep.